Say It Ain't So. This is Songs in My Head. everybody welcome back for another episode of songs in my head the podcast for music nerds by music nerds i'm joined by my co-host and lovely fellow music nerd Kristen. hello and uh we got a good one packed up for today um as we teased at the end of last episode which it's it's been a little bit but um we decided that we were going to do kind of a an album review of the new weezer album so we're both really excited about it yeah and for for good reasons um and we thought that we would add a little bit to that and also review their teal album which is their covers album so you know we'll give it the same treatment that we normally do yeah uh but We'll get into that in a minute. How have you been? I've been okay. How are you? I am doing all right myself. Um, just chugging like trucking right along, you know. Just just doing my thing day in day out. Yep. That's all you really can do. Still yep. in the middle of this crazy ass pandemic. Yes. So still in quarantine. Quarantine. But. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've got some good music that came out of it. So. Oh, definitely. Uh, so I guess I'm, I'm ready. Let's just jump right into it. Jump right into it. So Weezer is no, no new topic to this podcast. We've already covered their very first album yes. uh, a couple episodes ago. And it definitely won't be the last time we cover anything by Weezer. Because... Uh, you are a fan. Yes. I I am also a fan, but I think it's more like I know like the radio hits. So Yeah, I've been following them since their blue album, so it's been, you know, twenty ish years. <laughs> right. And, you know, I'm not surprised that, you know, you already knew the Teal album. Yeah. Because Josh loves covers. I do. <laughs> I do. So, uh, this album, the the Teal album that we're referring to, is actually one of another one of their self-titled albums. I think it was was it the fifth self-titled album that they released, which is impressive when you really <laughs> think about it. I mean, that's five times they've literally just called an album Weezer, and the only thing that they've done to differentiate that is they've given them. A different color. A different color. Well, they don't even have the, the Weezer on the front of the album either, I think. It's just a picture no. of them with a different color background. Yeah. So is... um, so this one was digitally released in on uh, January 24th, 2019. And then, like, more widespread retail-wise, um, March 8th of that same year. Um, so it's their 12th studio album, which also very impressive. That's, yeah, that's saying something. That's a lot of staying power right there. Um, we were just talking about this before the episode started, uh, that 
it was a surprise release. right and actually coincidentally accidentally maybe on purpose both albums were surprise albums yeah um, i wrote down that it was released without any prior announcement and right somehow managed to peak at number five on the billboard 200 within two weeks yeah that's pretty like, impressive which album i mean they had another big album coming out too right those the black album or something i think yeah they, said, they had just released uh they had just released the black album yeah so i mean it's quite a surprise when there's another one so so, so close but i mean even the debut it debuted at number 47 so like that's already really high right um, I mean, I think it helped that, like, they were riding on the the Africa wave, you know, because, uh, what was it, like a year or so beforehand, there was a joke on Twitter, and then it became like a petition right. from a, uh, like, a, a big fan to get them 14 to... 14-year-old fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which to, that was kind of cool. Yeah. To do a cover of africa um and they kind of like quote unquote jokingly air quotes that you guys can't see uh released a cover of rosanna by toto which if you don't know is the band that did the song africa um but then they ended up releasing that one first and then they did africa i think maybe a month or so later yeah, I don't remember exactly when it came out because I saw them play it. The first time I heard it, I saw them at, at, in concerts playing it, <clears throat> which was really cool. But I read that they, when they released it, they did the two songs as a vinyl pressing. Um, it was an A-side and a B-side single pressing, and it was exclusive to Urban Outfitters. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover art for the album was a screen grab of the tweet that the girl posted challenging them to do a cover of Africa with like palm fronds in the background. <laughs> um, did you read about the promo release bundles for it though? I did. There was a, I can't remember. I didn't write it down. There was a, a teal colored wallet. Yes. It was a Velcro wallet, <laughs> which I'm already in on that. Um, and it, said that the first hundred copies included a one dollar bill that was signed by the band that's which pretty cool. is kind of cool and, they, and apparently that one sold out almost immediately oh i wouldn't doubt it so then they did like a second round of promotional release stuff and it was a teal rubik's cube right right i know Whoa. that would have been so sick um also in kind of a call and response after they released um their covers of africa and rosanna toto responded with a cover of weezer's hash pipe so all in the same year that all happened so <laughs> that's kind of fun yeah um yeah, I remember hearing that shortly after I saw I, I saw them play Africa. I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, of it, all the songs they could choose. Right, like they <laughs> they have a whole library of songs and they were like, we're going to do Hashpipe. Whatever. So the thing that I read um, was about the video and I didn't get a chance to watch this one. But the video for Africa had Weird Al mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, it was like a spoof on Undone. Undone, but Weird Al was supposed to be. I think he was supposed to be River. Yes, I think Rivers. So. so, but yeah, it's it's really funny. Yeah, I meant to watch that, and then on, there was also like references to a Saturday Saturday Night Live skit that I didn't get to see. I meant to go back and look at um, the thing that I had read. It was like right around the same time. And that Rivers tweeted, like, about it. Because he said, you know, they had a whole ass skit about Weezer and me. And I'm actually crying. <sighs> and I guess the skit had Matt Damon. And um, I don't even know the new SNL people these days. But um, they were arguing over, like, Weezer's career. And, you know, Matt Damon was, like, backing Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely going to have to do, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. But, yeah, it was... It was um, river's tweet that i that i thought was funny that is funny because he's like i'm actually crying ah <laughs> I was like that's adorable um so yeah i guess we'll just get into the tracks a little bit yeah uh you know we'll just do our normal track by track now with this of course now i know you were diving in a little a little harder on kind of some of the background stuff well yeah i mean i'm always interested in like the original right like but you know they are well-established songs, mm-hmm. so, you know, we'll talk about them, but obviously... Most of the songs people are going to know. Yeah. So, they opened up the album with their cover of Toto's Africa, uh, which just was a huge song. It was everywhere. I mean, like, it's all over, it's still all over the radio. I mean, I, I hear it all the time. Yeah, I. it's a really close cover like very similar yeah i think that that's the thing that um i think impresses me the most about a lot of their covers is that like it's it's really like it's like weezer is really showing like how good they actually are oh right like they have like a big range because they're able to right like reproduce some of the stuff and i know like even their cover of rosanna which i'm surprised that that song didn't make it on this this album but both of their toto covers are pretty damn close to the originals and i read that's why some people didn't like the teal album is because they said that you know covers are supposed to have the band's own touch and spin on it except that like if people would have listened to the whole album Mm -hmm. it's very clear that that eventually in the album weezer did their own thing right but also like it's impressive to see Cause like you already know that they're a good band and they're well-rounded and like rivers can really like, he's a really good on guitar. He can shred like he has a really good voice. He, like they're, you know, they're a well-rounded band, but like, I feel like the covers that they selected really challenged the whole band on different levels. Like if a lot of the songs, when you listen to them, like this one, for example, like, I think it really challenges his voice. Right. And it, it happens quite a few times throughout the whole album. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a great song. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really great cover. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I can't even guess how many times I've heard the song. Oh. But then I was like, you know, like, it's kind of crazy. Like, the lyrics. I, I was just wondering where the song, you know, originated. And when I read about it, I mean, all I could read was, you know, it's about a man's love of a continent. And I was like, well, that's, 
<laughs> strange. And it said that, like, um, the guy in Toto that wrote it, the lyrics are based off of, like, a late-night documentary he was watching about Africa. And I was like, well, that's... It just might, makes me wonder, like, how somebody wrote, like, this hit song that, like, everybody knows. Weird. And it's just random. That's super random. And the video is really weird, too. Like, um, yeah. Super dated. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I definitely had to watch that one when we were going through. So the second song on the on the album is uh, the Tears for Fears classic, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Um, and again, another really, really good cover. Um, interestingly enough, I read that at the Coachella in 2019, uh, they actually featured the whole band on like on stage with them during their cover of this song which is pretty impressive to actually pull the whole band on stage with them definitely um yeah i mean i've always liked this song but you said that you had some interesting insight yeah when i was reading the lyrics because you know i figured i heard this song couple hundred times probably and right. you know know the, all the words but never really thought about what they mean and then when you sit down and read the lyrics they're about the thirst for power and its consequences and um the song you know 1985 was written around the time when you know there was threat of like nuclear war and you know apparently this is you know a kind of timely now <laughs> right um, very very cyclical yeah um just basically yeah i read about it. it's like power and corruption and, and lies and Yikes. yeah stuff we've been dealing with for four years Ooh. so yeah, yeah. it's funny now that you know we've been doing this podcast and analyzing lyrics and things because there's a lot more songs kind of hidden right under the radar like that right and you you look into the lyrics and you look into the background of the song and you're like whoa damn yeah i mean it i guess this sort of thing has been happening you know for years but you know it seems like extra applicable now right right i mean you know it's just it's just crazy when you've been listening to a song for a long time and then you read about it and you're like oh whoa it's yeah. like when you're when you watched a cartoon as a kid <laughs> and then you go back and you watch it again as an adult and you're like, how did anybody miss this? Exactly. Like. How didn't I never see this? Right. Right. It's like the SpongeBob effect. <laughs> anyway, so following that one up is sweet dreams are made of this by eurythmics which I, i've always loved the original version oh yeah but i think that they did a fantastic job on this cover i i thought that they they impressively pulled off like that annie lennox sound like with the synthesizer and everything and right I, I i don't know i just i really really enjoyed this this version yeah yeah, this is another one I was reading into the lyrics, of course, and uh, it's a big message that I never really, really thought of. Just talking about like life and how there's a never-ending search for contentment for some people, and you know, no matter where you might be in the world, that you're surrounded by people who are, you know, following their dreams, 
and that's could be either a good thing or not you know because <clears throat> you're talking about how like aspirations come in two ways either a person's taking advantage of someone else or they're being taken advantage of Ooh. you know some of them want to use you some of them want to be used by you oh shit yeah so but i guess the the message in the end is despite all this you know stay optimistic and follow your sweet dreams interesting yeah huh but anyway i'm i'm pretty glad to have the weezer covers the more recent one because there's I mean, the Marilyn Manson cover that was super popular for a while, but now he's kind of cringy. So yeah, he, he's he's a little he's a little gross. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really glad to be able to replace this one. Right. In my mental, you know. So, I think to kind of round out the the very strong uh, '80s classics opening, you had the the aha classic take on me which has been covered before oh yeah uh, real big fish right right yeah, yeah. and that was a song real... that got them pretty pretty popular yeah um but i think weezer did an amazing job on this one as well oh i think it's great it's it's really good yeah i mean the original song is great yeah oh yeah um, i mean it's it's a classic and uh yeah, I dove in today to the to the video, which I thought was was pretty funny. Um, I mean, I've watched the original video a bunch of times, but you never watched the Weezer one. No, yeah. so the Weezer one today was was quite a surprise. Um, did you have you seen it? You've seen it. I have. Yes. Yeah, the thing that I thought was you know super interesting, like for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, it's a video set in 1985 in you know the Cuomo residence, and. Um, Finn Wolfhard uh, was, a, you know, in Stranger Things, he was Mike. And he's in this band, Cal- Calpurnia? Yeah, Copernia. Yeah, so they're in the video and he's, you know, um, playing Rivers. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And I liked how they had, like, the throwback to the original video with um, the art. Yeah, like with the art styling and everything. And then, like, in the beginning, it was funny because I was listening to it, and then somebody was like, oh, can we take your dad's Porsche out or whatever? And I was like, is that like a, like like a, a nod Ferris to Bueller. Ferris Bueller? Yeah. yeah. Camera's Porsche, whatever. But I was like, huh. You know, it had the real 80s feel. Right. Um, But, yeah, again, the lyrics in that one was, was kind of interesting because um, never, you know, I was saying it, but... Um, video it sounds like you know he's trying to get some you know convince somebody to take a chance with him yeah and now of course your worm turned into take a chance on me by abba i've been (laughs) playing that all all day long in my head damn yeah so you know i thought that was pretty cool and i liked how the video like had the nod back to the to the original yeah that was it was really it's a good video it's funny Oh, yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed their videos. I was surprised they had as many as they did. Right. Because, you know, MTV's not a, not a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they are a thing. They just, uh, they don't, just show don't show music. For being <laughs> for being a channel that's called Music Television, they sure don't show a whole lot of music anymore. So following that up is, uh, I think, a, a really classic song. Um, it's Happy Together by the Turtles. I really love that song. Yeah, it's I a, always have. it's always been one of my favorite songs. And I think that 
this was when you saw Weezer kind of put their own, just a little bit of their own spin on it, where it's not, it's not like a cookie cutter of the original. Right. It's, it's kind of more like their, their kind of version of it, which that's what I was saying earlier. Like if people would have just given this album another chance and actually listened to it, they would have gotten to the part where Weezer was being Weezer. Yeah. Like playing somebody else's songs. But yeah, I've always liked this song. I, I always thought that it was a really, a really like a really well-written song. And I think they did a great job on this cover. Yeah. I read that they've been performing it for years. At yeah. Their shows. And I, I hadn't seen it, but um I just really like their cover. Also, found out Simple Plan covered it, so I'm going to go listen to that one later. Interesting. Um, just because I like the song so much. Um, yeah, I always thought the song was like a love song about, you know, two people who love each other a lot. But it turns out it's a bit more complicated because it's about a more of an unrequited love. Um, the singer talks about, you know, if I call you up, and I can see myself loving nobody but you. Right. So it turns out, you know, he doesn't really know her as well as, you know, he would like to. And then the end where it says, how is the weather? Like, it's just referring to the fact that he makes small talk with her, wanting to get to know her more. Right. And the fact that he's just an acquaintance. And I was like, well, that's pretty deep. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Especially because I was talking about how this, you know, is a bit of a monogamous song. Loving nobody but you, only one person, and you know, doesn't always fit everyone's situation. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we were joking too, like, I can't see me loving nobody but you, and, and you, you, and, and you. you, like, yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a good one. So, after that um, is the Black Sabbath classic, Paranoid, um, which I thought that their version was was pretty good i think that this is a good version but i don't think it's the strongest cover on this album well it's the only one not sung by rivers really yeah um so this one was um sung by brian bell the guitarist um he did the vocals on this and i guess it was because they thought he could pass better for like the metal singer like even Ozzy? The, yeah interesting even though you know i guess you know rivers have played harder stuff in the past and yeah well i mean his metal yeah i was gonna say his his roots are in metal yeah but um one of the reviews i read was about how um brian bell sounds a bit like ozzy in parts of the song and um mentioned that the rest of the band it sounds like they're just having a really good time yeah like there's some solos and 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 stuff like that and i was like well that's I didn't pick on pick that up that they were having a good time, but that's kind of interesting. I mean, you can hear it. I think it's just this song to me just kind of sounds like they were just kind of like noodling around. Like, yeah. Like they were like, oh, we're, we just want to keep the, the session going. So let's right. just play something. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's play some Sabbath. But I mean, it's it's a good cover. It's just it's not my favorite. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of it either. And I don't know if it's just because it kind of stood out between, you know, their normal, like, more easygoing 
music. I don't know. Um, I did read that uh, <laughs> I'm paranoid in Finland. It has the same status as like Freebird here. So like, you know, those concerts where people are like play Freebird. Instead in Finland, they're asking to play Paranoid, which I thought was kind of funny. I think they should do that more in the U.S. I'm going to start doing that when we go to shows. Just for Crazy Train. <laughs> no, you don't ever ask for Crazy Train. <laughs> crazy Train asks for you. <laughs> crazy Train asks for you. Because it's off the rails. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, I remember this song from growing up because my you know, dad was a 70s hippie. Right. I think I had this on vinyl. Ooh. I, I definitely like, have a Sabbath album. I would like to listen to that on vinyl for sure. Yeah, you and I have to take a have tour through my vinyl collection someday. Absolutely. So uh, that is followed by a very interesting song choice. I I personally think um, it's Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. Um, and it's it's kind of a silly song. And I mean they did a really, really good job on it. I oh, mean definitely. it's it's like it is a perfect cover. Like I enjoyed it from beginning to end. And I don't know, it, it it's just the song is just so silly, but like their version of it is just so damn good. Yeah, I wasn't terribly familiar with the um like the original like musically like i know the lyrics i've heard the song right but listening to it again um what i was reading was their similarities to like beatles music and i never really noticed it until you know i listened today i mean you had to point out to me the beginning how they're saying that it sounds like um the first few chords of yesterday yeah and when you said that and then i thought about it and i was like oh sure yeah i can definitely hear that and then i played it for you and you were like oh yeah, I was re- um, reading about the, the bridge, how, um, well, Beatles Bridge, the woke up, fell out of bed part of a day in the life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I do. I totally get that. So, um, I mean, I guess there's only so many, <laughs> so many ways you could put notes together. But I never realized that the song had such a, like, Beatles touch to it. Yeah, I didn't realize that either until you started reading into it more. And then I was like, huh, I never really noticed it before definitely yeah so (laughs) the next next song i think is probably one of my favorite on this album because it's just well it's also the like the most recent song that they cover yeah all the other songs are definitely from other decades like 70s 80s right this one this one is like within the last 20 years just barely. barely 99 99 yeah oh okay so okay so it's no scrubs <laughs> by tlc so i think it's first of all this is another example of like weezer playing weezer doing a cover of tlc's scrubs yeah like they did themselves which i thought made it very unique but they executed it so well and like it's really it's great yeah and like (laughs) you you played it for me the one time because i don't know how i missed hearing it yeah and you were like oh my god excuse me yeah i one of the reviews i read said this this is like basically nerd karaoke yeah yeah (laughs) and i actually also read that um 
Chili from TLC like responded on Twitter about this song like basically like adding Weezer and adding Rivers that like she loved it and that she could that she could see a like a TLC Weezer tour in the future and then coincidentally later that year same Coachella she actually performed the song with them during their set well it'll just be a TC collaboration right because there's no more yeah (laughs) chili was always my favorite i don't know why um did the one thing that i did read about that was um that they chose it because it was like a popular song but rivers wasn't sure if he should flip the gender of the song because it's you know primarily a woman singing about men right and i guess um he wasn't sure if he should you know flip the gender perspective but he saw a tweet that said if you're a guy covering a song sung by a girl you got to keep the pronouns for those three minutes you're gay and i was like huh <laughs> fuck <laughs> jesus and he's Christ. like all right go with it that was his sign that's that's good though i I'm, i appreciate the fact that he he kept it true you know to to actually doing the cover yeah because honestly i mean i i wouldn't have thought twice if he turned it to although i i don't know if there's a female equivalent to scrubs because <laughs> no it, i don't think it would have been the same no it wouldn't have been but i their version is is great it's fun i i don't know i just think that it's one of my favorite tracks on this album yeah yeah it's definitely it was unexpected and just a, a totally different spin on the song right it has like a like a smoother feel see and i think it has more of like a like a grungier yeah like like they put their like grungier garage band garage band spin on it so i i think that uh i think that that definitely adds to it yeah well when i say smooth i think it's just like the the way the music flows it might be grungier which i do think it's got yeah. more of a like more of a rock feel i guess than an right. r&b but yeah but it, I, it, it fits though it, it doesn't oh, it doesn't sound out of place like no but now that i you know thought nerd karaoke i have a visual that's pretty hilarious right <laughs> right you just picture them like at karaoke like in a, in like star wars t-shirts like <laughs> singing no scrubs exactly so after no scrubs um was billy jean by michael jackson uh the original is an amazing song their cover Classic. is fantastic uh i just thought that you know this was a really a really solid choice definitely. by them and it, and it definitely was another one of those songs that i think really challenged river's voice um you know because those aren't easy those aren't easy notes mm-hmm. to hit and i think that rivers did a really good job singing this song I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think overall the entire band just really, really knocked it out of the park on this one. But also, I think when you look at a track like Billy Jean or any of the the Michael Jackson stuff from his early career, anything that was recorded in that time, you have to consider that like the it was all still like analog. Right. So like. You know, yeah, they had a little bit of like electronic instrumentation, but like most of it was live band. Most of it was, you know, done in a studio with the same band that he would take on tour with him. 
So like them, like Weezer sitting down and doing this song as a cover makes sense because it's a band playing the song. It's not like a, a digital recording. Right. So I, I thought that that was a really cool, a really cool choice for them. Oh, definitely. And then I, I think that they ended the album really, really well um, with their cover of Stand By Me by Benny King. Um, you know, I mean, it, again, it was another one of those like really classic song, really beautiful arrangement. And I thought that it was just a really, really like nice, like cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's been done a lot of times. I didn't realize how many. Um, yeah, it's one the of those. I saw was full, over four hundred times that it's been covered by like some really popular, you know, John Lennon, Cassius Clay, which I was surprised even saying one. But what? <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise. I was like, I gotta go find that one. Um, Florence and the Machine, which actually was in the Final Fantasy game or whatever. That's really random. Yeah, but uh, I I really think their cover kind of stands out i mean i don't know just because i like weezer but um yeah good way to end the album yeah definitely i think overall this was a smart choice um for them career wise Mm -hmm. you know i think that it was like a it was almost like they were able to to kind of step back step out of their their brain as weezer and just kind of have fun yeah, and I mean, in concert, their um, covers are clearly fan favorites. Right. Um, they played Africa. They played Call Me Al, which was a really good cover. Nice. Um, I can't remember what else they covered, but um, I mean, it, everybody really liked it. It's almost like, you know, the other bands we've seen that cover. So it's nice to see them put out a whole album of I mean, I was, I was talking recently with somebody and, uh, I was saying that like, I think they should just do this every now and then. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it would be really cool if they did another one. So, I mean, and clearly they just released an album less than a month ago. So like, it's clear that they have no signs of stopping. Right. Well, yeah, they released that one and there's also... One, one in the works in, that, well it's almost done yeah, i think it's just released this summer i thought yeah yeah so i mean they're, they're releasing a lot of new music and um yeah so we'll see maybe maybe they will so let's take a little little break from from weezer for a second and talk about our new favorite segment that's my band name Yes, that's my new band name. That's my new band name. Um, so I know you were saying that you didn't really have any. I dropped the ball. I any don't know. good ones this week? Yeah, uh, I had a couple. Um, so I, I will go through mine. Um, so a couple of them are are kind of silly. Uh, one of them inspired by, by my child, uh, Chewy Black Blanky. <laughs> I don't know why it just seems like Chewy Black Blanky sounds like a Weezer cover band. Oh, would they maybe have um, do some of the covers like I, I think of it like a Rockabye Baby. Yeah. Like, you know how they do the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The lullaby covers. Yeah. So they'll do them for, you know, targeted towards the toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then um, there was Yee Yee Truck. <laughs> I just I thought that was good. It sounds like a rapper. Right. It does sound like a rapper. 
Huh. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that does sound like a rapper. Like it should be a, yeah. A, yeah. Like a duo. Yee truck and something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then from when we were playing Monopoly, uh, Chance Card. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's great. It sounds like a really, really good pop punk band. For some reason, it makes me think of Yellow Card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chance so card. something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's going to be what I call my ukulele act. Chance yes, card. Yes, you could do you could do yellow card covers Ooh. on the ukulele and call it chance card. Ooh. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, I also, have all the good ideas here. Right? I also had uh, Voodoo Disco Stew, which kind of sounds like... A, stew like the kind you eat or stew like, short for Stewart? Stew like the kind you eat. Okay. Yeah, which just kind of sounds like a like a psychedelic like jam band. Oh yeah, yeah. That like does Jimi Hendrix and like the Doors and all those kind of songs. <laughs> um, then there was uh, Pop Pop and the Bus Snaps, which just sounds like some sort of weird ska band. Yeah, I know. Very random. You can't see my expression <clears throat> now, but I'm just like, huh. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, my uh, my 80s hair metal band, Taint Slap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Taint Slap. Oh, man. And then... Uh, That's got a five-figure death punch feel to it. Right. Five-figure taint punch. <laughs> five-figure taint punch. Not my kink, but anyway. Fuck. And then, uh, to round out my list, I had uh, Sick Porn Stash. <laughs> Which just sounds like like a like a silly like shitty punk band. So that that rounds out my list of good list of that's my band name for for this episode. Some solid choices, there. right? I I think my my personal favorite is probably Taint Slap. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. <laughs> so uh, jumping back into Weezer, we're now gonna move on to giving kind of our our walkthrough review of the newest Weezer album, which is OK Human. So it's their 14th studio album, and it was just recently released, um, January 29th of this year, 2021. The year of our Lord, 2021. It was a surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise. Um, it was preceded by the release of the first song on the album a couple days beforehand. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I was reading is that it was it was described as Baroque pop, <laughs> which is a term I've never fucking heard before, but I kind of dig it. Um, and then the... There were a lot of different like references that they had to it. Um, I saw Harry Nilsson's album, Harry Nilsson Sings Newman uh, from 1970. I saw them say something about uh, Let It Be by the Beatles. Um, yeah, there was like a French musician, Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah, I mean, there was... Francois Hardy. But the, <laughs> yeah, the, that one I just I just don't see it. No, I don't either. And like it's funny because like they always say that that like that's one of their favorite bands, 
and like they they said that this was like their like their nod to the pet sounds but i just i just don't see it no not saying that this is a bad album because this album is amazing but like i just don't see that we'll we'll talk about it okay so the you know this is recorded in the the summer of covid19 so i think some of the songs you can really tell based on the the subjects that it's a quarantine album well i mean some of it well, I, I did read that they actually started working on this album, like, in 2017. Right. So they've, this album has been in the works for, like, the better part of four years. So. Yeah. But the, but, really, the really cool thing about it is, is how they. Well, how they recorded it. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's recorded entirely with analog equipment, which is super old school recording style. And it features a 38-piece orchestra. Which is like some next level shit. Like, I just thought that, that when I read that and then I listened to the first track on the album, I was like, whoa, this is going to be an experience. Like, yeah. And it, it did not disappoint, honestly. No, I, I still remember what you, what you told me after you listened to it. Do you remember? No. You said... Yeah, so I know I listened to the first, tra- first track, you listened to the first track, and then you d- dove in the album the day it was released, and you said, this album's sonically gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that totally describes it, because I couldn't I couldn't think of yeah, how whole, to describe it, but it's just like... It's just, it's just really, it's a pretty album. Yeah. It just sounds great from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait. Um, yeah, it was announced and released in only two weeks. Yeah. And... The thing that I, I thought was pretty funny is upon reading, like, when it was released, that some of the um, members of the Weezer fan club received, um, around January 12th, um, a three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk labeled Masterpiece with the text, High Human, Open Read Me, and uh, had River's face, like, superimposed over Bill Gates' ASCII art on it. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. And then a link to a website... That said, everything that feels so good is badbadbad.com, which I haven't gotten a chance to. Oh, no, I did check it out. So anyway, when you go to that, it leads to a Spotify playlist called um, All My Favorite Songs. or I think it's basically sad songs, like All My Favorite Songs are slow and sad. Oh, okay. But anyway, it, it's a, a Spotify playlist which you can look up. Um, the first track is like a readme.txt track, and it's just series voice um i forget what it says but yeah there's old man by neil young keep on loving you by ario speedwagon hurt by johnny cash unbreak my heart by tony raxton um the only one i didn't know was maps by the yeah yes yeah yeah yes you don't know maps i don't maybe i do and it's one of the songs i don't know what it's called that's like their biggest hit it's such a good song i'll 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 play it for you yeah all by myself by celine dion nothing compares to you um, but the each the thing I thought was really cool. I mean, they put a lot of thought into this stuff. Yeah. The first letter on the play, each thing in the playlist spells "Okay, human." Old what? man, keep on loving you. Hurt. It spells that "Okay, human." Whoa. Uh huh. Right. Like when I told you, there was a lot of layers to this. Like, there's a lot of layers to this. Damn. Did you read anything about the album art? No, I didn't see anything about that. Okay, so the album art is based on, well, it is done by an artist, Matthias Adolfsson, I think, who Rivers discovered in a comic shop. 
and he commissioned the art to be drawn for the cover. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, um, I don't want to say busy, but like, you know how Weezer's covers are usually minimal. Yeah. But there's a lot of design. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, but again, doesn't have, um, Weezer's name. No, it's just got a, a picture of, of this new look that, that Rivers has going on with the, the long hair and the, the chunky mustache. Right. Um, his very uh, George Harrison look. Yeah, the one thing that got me about this album too, after, I mean, of course, you know, you're hooked after hearing that it's an orchestra and how it's so different. Right. Um, well, not only is it um, like a play on Radiohead's OK Computer. Yeah. Um, because that's about like the computer generation and everything. So here's where, you know, Weezer says, you know, okay, human was made at a time when humans playing instruments was a thing of the past. Right. All we could do is look back at ancient times when humans really mattered and when the dark tech takeover fantasy didn't exist. And I'm like, oh. Yikes. But being such an IT nerd, I was reading about how Rivers uses data to write songs. He'll sit down and deconstruct like hit songs, figure out how they work and what, these things are that catch people's attention or make the song popular and he keeps a database of that stuff and like he's super into programming which i thought was really cool because i mean that's my background um he writes scripts to help organize a lot of his old ideas demos lyric ideas so i thought that was really cool because i mean it's the kind of songwriter he is i'm sure he's got he's got bits and pieces of things songs you know he's written Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got stuff all over the place. Right. So it was talking about how this is a way, like, practicing writing the scripts. I mean, I think think he's a self-taught programmer, from what I read. Um, Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nerds. Right. (laughs) Love nerds. Nerds. (laughs) Saying this as a nerd. Right. Um, Yeah, so I thought that was super cool how he was, you know, using technology to try to you know get a hold on all that stuff that's that is really cool right i mean and i love when when musicians are like super duper nerdy about their craft oh yeah and like that that's a perfect example of one of those ones where you're just like damn that's so wild but like well not only is he writing you know his own songs but he studies all these all these other songs that's crazy Mm -hmm. so I guess let's just dive right into it. Right. So, so the first track on the album was actually the first single that they released. And it was All My Favorite Songs. Um, so what I read is that it, it's kind of like sharing. Uh, it's like Rivers sharing some of the conflicts in life. And kind of like a little bit of his like mental health and anxiety issues. Yeah, it's a song of contradictions. Yeah, it's it's basically like um, like contradicting wills and like expressing his like confusion and kind of like a like a loss of direction. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can feel that. Um, all the contradictions down to you know the the upbeat you know chipper music in the background and then the lyrics are more depressing well yeah because it's it's kind of like you're you're listening to him say like he enjoys things but he also doesn't 
Oh yeah, I could totally relate to this too because <sighs> like part where he was like, "I love parties, but I don't go," and then, and then I, feel I feel bad, bad when I stay know? home. And I was like, "Yikes!" Yeah. I feel this in my in my right. soul. But life is full of contradictions like that. Yeah. And then you know, there's a lot about you know just referencing social isolation sort of thing and like lack of connection. Right. And that's something that we're all going through now. Right. Um, but he seems, you know, almost expecting it, saying that all his all his favorite songs are sad. Right. Um, <laughs> the thing that I read in a review, though, that I loved was someone described it as the song gives the impression of a Muppet musical about a midlife crisis. <laughs> oh god and i was like fuck (laughs) shit that's that's good definitely so i mean that it's just it's just a beautifully arranged track and the whole album is like that but i listen i think i listened to this track three or four times in a row because i just couldn't get enough until the album came out i probably listened to this a dozen times yeah and then when the album came out and I listened to it the first time. I was like, I'm ready for the rest of this album. Yeah, it was a really good, like... It was smart. Taste it was it. smart oh, yeah. to release this track a couple of days before the album came out. Because, like, it definitely... It definitely prepared you for for what you were about to get into. I'm trying to remember if I knew ahead of time that it was going to be, um, like, the analog, the orchestra. Like, I don't remember when I learned that. I think that was after the single came out. Yeah, yeah, because I so, um, I was sent an article about it, and yeah, I read it, and then I went and I found the song. Well, I found the video actually, mm-hmm. and I watched the video. The video is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it. Um, I went through in detail and, and looked at some of the stuff, but um, yeah, it talks about you know, like that link between like the digital life and your regular and life your actual life and the part that i really thought was funny was in the end where you know this boy is watching you know the band they're all on their phones right like streaming the song streaming their their music but they're trying to get these people's attention i mean this is a common theme we'll talk about it later but how people are so focused on their digital life right that they're missing things in regular life um we say as we record a podcast for you to listen to on your favorite streaming services. <laughs> <clears throat> not, about music that we heard on Spotify. About, right, about music that we listen to on Spotify. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a bad thing. Hey, we have handwritten notes, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, everything I have is written down in front of me. because Analog notes. <laughs> analog notes for a digital world. Um, yeah, I just, I thought... I thought that was a cool video. Yeah, it's a very interesting video. And like the video credits was like a like a um, throwback to like the old Apple PC right thing, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So well, and I also thought it was really cool in the video that like it definitely gave you that like that really personal vibe where it was just like them sitting in a small studio space, right? Just kind of like playing this song. And it made you realize that, like, that's what you were going to expect from this album. It's like a very, very, like, stripped down, more enhanced musically version of what you would get from a normal Weezer album. Right. So it's definitely a good opening track. Yeah. And I, it's still one of my favorites out of all the songs after listening to them. Yeah. Still one of my favorites. 
So uh, after that is the track uh, Allo Gobi, um, which I, I love the name, um, and I'll I researched it a little bit. Same. So we'll talk about that in a second. Because I was like, what the hell does this mean? And then when I read that, like, what the song is about, and I read through the lyrics, and I was like, oh, okay. So it's essentially, like, Rivers talking about how he misses, like, what he considered before. So we'll just say pre-quarantine. Um like the dull boring like typical typical date night where it was like you know routine routine you know dinner chai tea go to the movies (laughs) right um but now you know missing that because we can't do anything um so did you did you re- research what Alu Gobi is? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> it's a vegetarian dish that is popular in both India and Pakistan. Um, that's made with potatoes, aloo, and cauliflower, gobi, sometimes spelled with an H. I didn't catch that. Um, so G-O-B-H-I. It, huh. The song title is G-O-B-I. Um, and then Indian Spices. And it said that their dinner, it, their date night was normally like dinner, chai tea, and then a movie at their local theater, which was the Arrow Theater, which they do mention in the song. Yeah, yeah. I was um, looking that up, of course. Yeah, the Arrow Theater, theater um, is in Santa Monica, where they live, and opened in 1940 really uh-huh interesting yeah and i mean i i read that the song was written in 2017 or at least started then and it's interesting that you know now i think that you know anybody would wish for the typical right night that they had out because you know, Absolutely. we're all stuck in the house yeah because now we're, we're stuck all at home we're all taking those nights out for granted yeah so i mean <clears throat> kind of makes you think like things that you think are dull and routine from your life uh, appreciate it absolutely um yeah i had to look up the arrow and i looked up um walking down montana which is you know a popular uh shopping and dining street in santa monica where the arrow is oh that makes sense Mm -hmm. i I figured it was probably oh yeah something like that yeah once i started reading about the, the the place um there were a few bits of lyrics i don't know if you went into anything that you particularly stood out to you um I liked the part where they were saying, um, stared at passing cars. They said life gets sweet as years go by, but mine has lost its flavor like this chai. Yeah. I liked that. And then there was a part where he said, I tried to raise an eyebrow, but it weighed too much. Like it just really um, kind of gave the feeling. Like, and I, I think I f- the, the beat of the song almost felt like it, it fits with walking yeah oh yeah it's definitely got like a walking pace to it yeah so i mean i really feel like i could feel this song i could almost you know feel this like routine dinner movie walking around thing um yeah yeah. i i I could see that yeah i I mean i really like the song and there's a message which you don't hear right away 
Right. Until you really like listen to it a few times and then you read about it and you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've got to say most of these songs, too, I like more than when I listen to them more. Yeah. Like the first few listens, I'm like, eh. But like this is one that grew on me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I would actually say the next song is like that for me. See, the next song I've always liked. Yeah. I mean, it's a good song, but the more I listened to it, the oh, more yes. I liked it um yeah this is one of the earworms like i know we're not doing the earworm thing anymore but like oh my gosh this song has been an earworm for me yeah so the next song is called uh grapes of wrath um and it's essentially a song about like rivers just kind of talking about his his joy of escapism through books or in this instance uh audible <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool um you know kind of being able to have that that escape so i mean and i i can understand it you know did you read uh anything about like the backstory of of his reading um there was I guess he was the song was describing a night where rivers couldn't sleep and he listened to grapes of wrath for several hours and he called it a magical experience oh yeah we're like just him and this literature is connecting okay like nobody else is awake and i thought and that it's was just him yeah i thought that was pretty cool um yeah and the one review i read described it as you know, coping with crushing mundanity of lockdown by escaping into literature and i was like hmm, really does give you the feeling yeah interesting yeah no i i can see that yeah i mean i know i don't read as much as i used to but you know there are some times when things almost feel <clears throat> but i just i love the feel of this song oh yeah the chorus is just so catchy it is really catchy and so i love that there's so many references i was to gonna say too. so i did a thing where i did all the books that were referenced in the song with their authors and the year they were released did you um, I don't know that I did it that organized, but yes, I have most of that information. So obviously I wrote Grapes of Wrath. Duh. Yeah. Um, obvious reference to the Steinbeck novel. Yeah. So John Steinbeck was written in 1939. Have you read it? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. I did. I had to read it in college. It was actually really good. I didn't expect it. I think it's one of those books that I've always wanted to read and I just like never got around to it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it um so then there was Check it out on Audible. <laughs> so then there was mrs dalloway uh which was a novel by virginia wolf written in 1925 yeah that one i'm not familiar with i'm not either did you know that um he mentioned that the original title of this song was supposed to be cranking mrs galloway that sounds so dirty <laughs> i know it really does that sounds so freaking dirty. i'm really glad it's not that yeah um <laughs> Uh, then right after that, actually, next line in the song was about Moby Dick, which was written by Herman Melville in 1851. I liked how Rivers um, said he's kind of like me. We're thirsty for the deep. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Captain Ahab is like thirsty for like exploring the, right. the sea, but he's, ex you know, thirsty for knowledge and exploring the world that way. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool reference. And then was uh, 1984 oh, yeah. by George Orwell, which was written in 1949. And then there was a reference to Neverland, 
which mm-hmm. was first mentioned in Peter Pan by J.M. Bari, which was written in 1904. And then there was a character that was referenced after that from the book Catch-22, written by Joseph Heller in 1961. I actually read that. Catch-22? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to read that book. Again, it's just like Grapes of Wrath, it's a book that I just never got around to. It was one of those things that I read, and I was like... That's where the phrase Catch-22 comes from. (laughs) Makes sense. And then, uh, of course, it rounds out with mentioning Frodo. And I just went with the first reference of Frodo in literature, which would be The Fellowship of the Ring, written by J.R.R. Tolkien in 1954. I have not read that. I have somebody who's been bugging me to read. (laughs) and stuff but it's just uh, not it's my... uh it's lengthy yeah yeah i had a whole plan to read so many pages a day and i just couldn't do it tough it's tough it's yeah it was heavy reading for me um but yeah that's one of my favorite ones on the album yeah, i think it's so good it's a great song honestly I, I i really enjoyed this song so it's followed up with the song numbers which is, I think, a really relatable song for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, especially in reference to, you know, like looking at uh, the technological age and everything and the, the social media and everything that's available in your face all the time. Yeah, so many of us are just reduced to like this song, all these numbers. Right. This song is like every person's discontent with their their own like personal inadequacies and flaws and then like realizing how much they don't actually fucking matter yeah everybody has them everybody feels the same but yeah it made me feel like i mean everybody has numbers to to describe you to you know keep track of your information to you know describe your weight describe your you know whatever and um, I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, me either. Um, but yeah, the, the parts that I liked better was uh, more than others is I'm a one, I'm a zero, in the end, does it matter? Right. Because I guess the message that comes out of it is just like, you know, fuck what everybody else says, just just be yourself. And I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a, another one of those like really pretty songs oh yeah definitely but it's like it's like it's a ballad of, yeah kind of i was like it's a ballad about numbers it's totally nerdy and i like it <laughs> and then you listen to it again and you're like oh yeah yeah and then when i was reading the lyrics i don't know if you read it but like at the end i didn't hear it but like there was a reference like really low and i kept trying to listen to it they were saying that there were lyrics like zero one one two three five eight thirteen which is a reference to the fibonacci sequence excuse me yeah what yeah i mean you know what yeah oh no i didn't even realize so i want i need to go back and listen maybe at a volume where i can possibly hear that because like that's a really cool addition if that really is in the song interesting i'm gonna have to go back and look at that myself yeah that's really cool yeah and totally nerdy oh yeah oh yeah um so the next song I, I actually think is another one of my favorites on the album. 
Not for you? Um, I don't know. I'll tell you my, my original thought of it, but go ahead. Um, it's playing my piano, which, I mean, like, it's kind of a silly song. Um, but I think it's also kind of like, it's very relatable because it's, it's Rivers kind of talking about like his other form of escapism, which is playing his piano. Right. And like the disconnect of all of his responsibilities, you know, like self-care, work, studying, his family. Yeah. You know, and just kind of going into his music zone. And to the just... point where like the whole world is going on around him. Yeah. Yeah. My, my one of my favorite lines from the album is on this song and I, I i did write it down which was uh kim jong-un could blow up my city i'd never know and i <laughs> every time i hear that i'm like damn man like that's just so that's such a great line yeah i think i got a better appreciation of this song as time went on but the first time i listened to it it was like describing him singing and i thought of you had to remind me i think where elf where he's like i'm singing yeah yeah <laughs> that's like what i got out of it at first and i was like <sighs> but like there is a message that you know you need to find that thing that you enjoy yeah. that makes you have that feeling right especially now i mean there's references to like a zoom meeting and stuff so you know that it's a pandemic song right um so uh, just a good but reminder. also next to you can actually see it here I don't know if you can see right there. Oh, yes. I wrote in my notes, uh, McCartney. Because, I don't know, there are a lot of times when he's singing in this song that he sounds like Paul McCartney. Which is why I can't wrap my mind around how anybody says this album sounds like Pet Sounds. This is a Beatles album. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. This album is a Beatles album. I got me. a big Beatles feel from it too. Yeah, you and I talked about this before. I think so. I mean, not not saying that like it's a bad thing. It just like this song is the song that really drove that vibe home for me because he just sounds so much like Paul I McCartney. Can see it. And like, especially if you listen to the chorus when he's actually saying the words, playing my piano, like especially at that part. I'll have to listen again. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll play it for you when we're done recording. Like, you'll hear it. So, after that is the song Mirror Image, um, which has a really, it's a really, like, deep, deep meaning. Because it, it's like, he's sharing his love and and feelings of like a complete life with his wife but also like sharing his fear of of death and like losing her mm -hmm. so it, it's it's really like it's really like touching oh yeah i wrote that down too yeah um, I read that it um, sounds like almost a continuation from the previous song where, you know, he's in his own little world. Right. But, like, returning to his wife. Right. Who's, like, his other half. Absolutely. It reminded me of the Justin Timberlake song, Mirror. Have you ever heard it? Yes, I have. Yeah. As, as the resident Justin Timberlake fan, yes, I have heard that song. <laughs> but, yeah, this was one of the more pretty songs. And... Um, I mean, not a lot of 
hidden stuff, not a lot of layers not really. to it. I think it it's was pretty, pretty clear. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but I will say, again, I'll make another Beatles reference here. It's a very John and Oko. Oh, yeah. Or Oko. Yoko. 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 Very John and Yoko kind of vibe where he's just singing about, like, his his love for her and like how it just terrifies him that he could lose her one day. And it's just, it's, it's a good song. It's really, it's really, really it's oh, nice. It's nice. <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's a very personal yeah. song. So I, I really enjoyed this. Oh, me too. So the next song I think is a real like standout track on the album. Um, it's the song screens. Which I, I think going with the theme of the album is a very, very like message driven song mm-hmm. um, because it's it's really like calling out the modern technological takeover. And I felt personally attacked by this song <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so did I. And how how people use technology to disconnect from everything and i'm like man yeah see it's weird now because like i felt that way a lot before the pandemic but now i feel like it's what's keeping me connected to the world because i don't do much i mean i come record this podcast um i work from home now so technology is what keeps me connected to people um and even when right now, I mean, all of our lives seem kind of mundane because, you know, there's not a lot going on. Right. But even so, I can connect with somebody with, you know, cute little animal videos right. and stuff. And it just gives me a way to, like, reach out yeah. where I wouldn't have had it before. Or, like, if I don't have the energy to have a real conversation with somebody, like, let them know I'm thinking of them with some memes and cute little pictures of animals. Right. So, I mean, I, I have such mixed feelings about the whole screen obsession just because I, I do see some benefit. But, well... Here's what I'll say about the the whole like screen obsession thing is like there's a difference between having having the convenience of technology to assist in your connection with another human being and sitting in a room full of people in silence and everybody staring at their phones. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess maybe I have such a different perspective because like most of the important people in my life i've met online at least in the recent years well, yeah no no, no. i mean so, I'm not, oh i know i just i just think that like sometimes it, it's that well the song really gives you the images of how it's disconnecting you right i mean it actually you know mentions you know the streaming images to her head homework or memes just talking about that and then the old maid in the college college old maid in the cottage next door we don't see much anymore right she's playing solitaire and basically you know looking like for her family yeah online and like yeah i mean it really gives you the image of the type of person that it's trying to describe but i guess I took it as a personal attack against technology since I love it so much. <laughs> I do too, but I, I mean, I also get it. I, I get the message behind it. And it's basically saying like, you know, don't let it, don't let, let it run your whole life. Maybe because I feel like it's, it's assistance to my 
to my life. It adds to it. Right. In Which a lot for of some ways. people it is, but for others, it's just, it's like such a disconnect that it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be isolating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's just have to take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the next song is bird with a broken wing. Um, and I actually have a quote from an interview that rivers did where he talks about this song um the quote is i think i was just feeling pretty irrelevant and passed over and past my prime just feeling pretty sorry for myself been there yikes (laughs) you can really hear it though like he just sounds sad it's emotional it's very emotional like but emotionally uplifting in a way because it's like you know he's he says like i'm just a bird with a broken wing with a beautiful song to sing and it's like he's still saying like hey i'm still here like i I might not be the most like you know new fun thing but i can still make some nice music for you yeah and uh, they were um things i was reading was talking about like a recurring theme of you know beauty from pain and like he's gone you know through whatever in his life and right um <clears throat> yeah i i really like this it had a ben folds vi- vibe to me i don't know um yeah i could see that mm-hmm. like i was i i was just really feeling that um some of the some of the uh lyrics were were really pretty too just a bird with a broken wing with a song to sing don't feel sad for me i'm right where i want to be yeah so yeah it's almost like he's you know feeling irrelevant or um sorry for himself but he's finding his new place right um higher low i felt so free um even though he can't fly he can still you know sing and you know nothing can get his melody even though like his flight is changed gone. it's hindered a bit yes yeah yeah no it's definitely an interesting message right but Um, yeah definitely um ben folds vibe i definitely get that so (laughs) the next song um is one that we both struggled with a little i felt like it was out of place it was i mean it's good which is tough to say that because like it's a really good song but like it's i just wrote like some sort of like fantasy torture captive situation yeah everything else felt like where um, it, it was, was almost, personal experience and this one i was like whoa wait a second or like it's <laughs> almost like you know you have you have something beautiful bottled up for your for you to view Ooh. yeah i got out of it that you know well, it's super dark. Um, that not all relationships are meant to be. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if, I mean, I guess the beauty bottled up thing. I mean, definitely somebody else trapped this person. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it was, I don't know, just the visual I had was really sad. Yeah. Almost like reverse Rapunzel. <laughs> because she's up in a tower, but like this was down in a trap door. Did you read about the oblette? Ob- yes. Yeah. It is a, a French word uh, that is a secret dungeon with access only through a trapdoor. Yeah. Derived from the word forget. Yes. 
And I was like, ooh. Yes. So another another language lesson there. Yeah. Yeah. The part that um, kind of made me sad was, yeah, I imagine your smile and the life we could share. But with the last of my steps, I see the truth lying there. Um, the dead roses at the bottom. And I was like, oh, it's really sad. Yeah. And I'm glad it's a, more of a fantasy, but I feel like everything else drew from more of a personal experience. But, and this one, I mean, it could be. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's just. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it is a relatable, like, realistic event. But because of the way it's written, it, it doesn't come off that way. Right. So. <sighs> that's followed up by uh, an instrumental track. Mm-hmm. Which is everything? The shortest one on the album. <laughs> everything happens for a reason is the name of the track. It's twenty four seconds long, um, but it's kind of a nice little like transitional track, and uh, it it kind of flows into the next track, um, almost like an introduction. Yeah, that's what made me feel get the Beatles feel on the album yeah. too, is because you know the Beatles have continuations between some of their songs are medleys so right. yeah i was i was getting that feel here and, well and actually obviously <laughs> the next song is called here comes the rain uh title obviously a nod to the beatles here comes the sun yes um and it's it's a, a self-encouragement song that he wrote for uh his friend sam harris who is a an author and uh podcast host um and i guess he was getting a lot of shit online for speaking his mind and this was kind of rivers saying like hey you know fuck the internet fuck the trolls don't get sucked into it keep being yourself like you're awesome so and and um uh, a line that stood out to me was my umbrella makes me look just like the Morton girl. Yeah. That was like a real image yeah. that I had. Cause obviously we've all seen it, but uh, <laughs> I think they're, they use the, the rain clouds and the rainstorm as kind of a, the, the euphemism for the, the weight of, of judgment. Yes. So to speak, but they had their little, their little umbrella to, to get through it. So, yeah, I was um, from the lyrics. Yeah, I got dirty. Just another punk that bit the dust. Yeah. Um, but he could not recognize the person in the mirror. Was the the vibe, and it could be a nod to the good life on Pinkerton, where he says, "When I look in the mirror, I can't believe what I see." Tell me who's that funky dude staring back at me? Um, if you know that song, it's a really no. good one. The good life. You'll have to read it. Pinkerton's one of the ones that I wanna I wanna do on the show sometime because it's different from their other albums. More of a creative thing i guess um but yeah i read that the song's original chorus <laughs> was like a joke and don't go and read it yeah i did see that <laughs> that made me laugh yeah um so the album gets rounded out with a song called la brea tar pits um this is our le- a lesson in uh science <laughs> yeah yeah kind of um la brea la blea <laughs> spanish for the tar so uh it's the tartar pits in case you're keeping track <laughs> um i couldn't be confused with tartar sauce no 
Uh, <laughs> so obviously it's a it's a reference to the historic Los Angeles landmark, kind of. But um, he he kind of uses the the tar pits to make a, a remark on like morality. Morality. There I go again. I know the word is mortality. And that's not the first time we've no, had... It's well, no, I'm not, not talking about that. I'm talking about... It's not the first time we talked about mortality here because, I mean, there's the the mention of his, you know, worry about death. Yeah. And, but, you know, his being obsolete. Yeah. But uh, it's a remark on mortality and what you you might, you know, still continue to have left to give, you know, after your you're done on this mortal coil. <laughs> After you get yeeted off the mortal coil. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was um, just a, an image to describe the feeling of being, like, stuck. Yeah. And that you still have a lot to give, even if you're feeling stuck. that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean the whole thought of the, the tar pits is, you know, things are preserved. Right. In that. And actually tar. I, I have another interview quote that river had when he was rivers had, when he was talking about this song, he said, um, I think it was a metaphor for me feeling like the world has evolved beyond me and mm -hmm. I'm going extinct. And no matter what I try to do, I'm just stuck here in this tar. So, he, he knows that he still has more stuff to do, but mm -hmm. he feels like he's just kind of like spinning his tires and not getting anywhere. See, I can relate to that. But again, like deep message that's caught up in just a really fun song. Like it's a really good song. Oh, definitely. It was a really good ending. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a great, a great like ending on kind of like an upbeat song. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I highly recommend this album. Honestly, oh, I, I think it's, I think it's the first thing I've listened to in a while that I would say was like an experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I felt like the experience thing in an album since, uh, Trainwreck, but I mean, I've felt it occasionally here and there, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely this... listen to it start to finish. Yeah. I mean, I, I've listened, this has been like my most listened to thing in the last few weeks oh same definitely and um so i mean I, I definitely recommend everybody go and listen to this album for sure i mean it's it's a great album even if you're not a big weezer fan i would still recommend this album right i mean because i feel like... I, I feel like it's it's a different weezer experience yeah i mean there's like some different influences but and especially because of um the orchestra i mean it definitely yeah. changes the feel of a lot of the songs yeah um yeah and i i know that the it's gotten a lot of like really mixed reviews online but like i love it honestly i think it's a great album i do too um yeah i feel like it's one of those albums that like i could just listen to like chill like i mean there's a lot of emotion and a lot of you know deep messages here but also calming yeah and I, I don't know some of the songs feel like reassuring mm -hmm. in a way especially now um 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to be listening to it a lot. Yeah, I think this is a very thoughtful album to to put out. I think it was smart. Mm-hmm. The timing was really good. And I, I just I just think it's a it's a very beautiful it's sonically gorgeous. So Yeah, I'll always remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely I definitely really enjoyed listening to I this. I got to album. quote you in this episode. Woo! No, I had a really good time like listening yeah. and being able to like talk to you about it because I don't know that I've had that experience in some album that I've been super excited about in a while. Right. That I had someone to right to talk to about it. Absolutely. I was like super nerding out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I haven't been listening to a whole lot of other stuff lately. Honestly, I've been listening to this a lot. Mm-hmm. I've been um, listening to this, catching up on some podcasts. Yeah. I um, mean. Yeah. You don't have as much time to listen to stuff. Yeah. I mean, like new music. I have some things lined up that I want to listen to. Um, and I'll probably do that for the next episode. Yeah. I'm going to be more. But. I've been really hyper-focused on listening to this as much as possible so that I could give like a solid review for you guys because I want to share as much of my music as I can. So like being able to have something new to listen to was very important to me. Me too. And I, I, I really enjoyed the research on this just because I feel like there's so many layers to it. Yeah. It's and fascinating. Like, yeah. 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 Like how much effort they really put into it. And especially Absolutely. reading the stuff. I mean, you mentioned with the Teal album, the, the, the wallet with the, the dollar bills and yeah. um, here with the, the fan club and the, the floppy disks. Right. I feel like there's just a lot of fun things they do as a band. Right. Um, and I mean, the more that we do the research, the more I learn about them as people. And I think it's, you know, they're pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, I think that about wraps this episode up. This might be one of our longest. Might be. <laughs> but uh, next episode is our 10th episode, guys. Double digits. It's a big deal. Double digits. I think we're going to try and, and cook up something special Yeah. for the next episode um yeah, i'm super excited i mean all the uh, stuff that we've been talking about i'm pretty some big ideas i mean i know we definitely have the next five next five episodes planned out so we got a we got a lot coming down coming down the, the pipes here so hope you all enjoy it hope everybody enjoys it um like i always say if you if you've got music that you're listening to try and share it with somebody um you know i'm gonna plug our social media yeah thank you for reminding me um if you want to check it out on some screens yeah if you want to if you want to look on your little tiny screens um you know we're on we're on twitter and instagram it's uh s-i-m-h pod we're also on facebook songs in my head podcast you can find us on spotify apple music and amazon music I did confirm that we're definitely on Amazon music. So definitely try to raise our numbers or, you know, (laughs) or, you know, if you want to go straight to the source, you can, you can look us up on SoundCloud too. We're also on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, please spread the word, you know, we're going to try and grow more as a podcast. Um, I'm really excited for, for moving forward, getting into double digits and really picking up steam. And also, I mean, is um, it, this is the first one that I think that we've done as more of a review. So, I mean, if, if yeah. you guys have anything that 
you're excited about we'd love to talk please to you about yeah it. by all means share with us if you if you have something that you want us to to listen to and review we'd love to. please send it to us um you can hit us up on any of the social medias if you know us personally you can hit us send up us, anyway send us a message <laughs> you, you can just just hit me carrier pigeon carrier pigeon put tie a tie a note around a brick and throw it through my don't please don't do that send a potato in the mail send a potato in the mail i learned you could do that yeah you can you just gotta <laughs> put a stamp on it um yeah guys we we love you thanks for the support um thanks. enjoy the episode and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>